Welcome to number 50, the big five zero, the Pentacast episode of the Reformed Brotherhood. I'm Jesse. And I'm Tony. And I'm Conrad. Conrad. Hey, brothers. Hey, brothers. Hey, Wilbur. Wilbur. <laughs> Jesse, this is episode 50. I know. Can you believe it? I know. We've almost been doing this a year. And so we have a very special guest. Yeah, we, we Conrad do. Conrad from Fast God Stuff. Fast God Stuff. Very special. Is also a founding <laughs> member of the Society of Reform Podcasters. Conrad, how are you doing? I am doing great. I am very happy to be here in my own studio <laughs> <laughs> with you guys showing up at my house. We are super excited to be recording live and in person. It's always a lot of fun. It's a totally different dynamic, and uh, we're really excited for what we have tonight. And super imposing of us just to drop by yes. Conrad's house. Yeah, I wish you guys could let me know earlier. <laughs> I'm going to do this. I would have worn some pants. That's okay. I would have worn some pants, too. I never cast in pants, so yeah, that's true. this is right on. So, tonight we have a very special lineup, and uh, we are going to have Conrad act as kind of our MC for the night. But just to kind of intro the topic, Jesse and I have sort of been reflecting over the last week, uh, recognizing we're coming up to kind of a big podcasting anniversary. And um, a lot of shows do kind of like a throwback, cl- greatest clips, favorite episodes kind of a thing. And we wanted to do something different. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Hugh Seinfeld sound effect. But um, we wanted to have an episode to kind of talk about like, what is podcasting and why do we do it? What have we learned? All of those things. So Conrad's going to run us through some questions. He's got um, got some stuff he's been thinking about. We're just going to kind of see where we go with it. Also, we just didn't have that much good stuff That's put true. together. Yeah, there's like, like a one, highlight reel. Yeah, there's like one clip. Right. One decent clip. And right. that, that's it. So this is better. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so how will we get started? <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> okay, so how about this? Um, why did you guys start the podcast? Well, um, I have been a huge fan of podcasting for a very long time. So I started out listening to White Horse Inn, Crisis Center, um, sort of like the big classics, R.C. Sproul. And um, I just always wanted a podcast because I thought it was very just a very useful medium. Um, It was something that uh, seemed like I had the right skill set for. And I actually had started another podcast um, called The Reform Standard. We recorded a couple episodes and uh, it just for a number of reasons, it just didn't work out. And so I kind of was like, man, what are we going to do? So I, I emailed Jesse and said, I need someone to help me out, you know, at least until I can find another host. And then it was like, why do I need to find another host? Me and Jesse can just do this. So we just kind of, I mean, we kind of, in some sense, we kind of just like stumbled into it. But on another level, like it, it sort of feels like this is something that we've in different ways have kind of been preparing to do for a long time in our own kind of diverse ways in other things that our lives have done. Yeah. So what were you guys doing before the podcast that helped prepare you for the podcast? You know, we were just being family. Right. And talking a lot about theological stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. like a, that was all the training that was required. That's all you need to be able to start a podcast is a microphone and a voice and some kind of dumb idea. How were so, you guys involved in your churches? Well, that's a good question. So I think we, as we talked about in the cast before, I grew up in the church. My father's a pastor. So that was like a fantastic environment to be raised, raised in the truth, to not know an age where the Bible wasn't front and center and good doctrine wasn't part of just life experience. But I've been serving, doing music ministry, doing youth ministry. Uh, doing teaching for 
quite some time. So we're always, so for Tony and I, whenever we got together at like family functions or holidays, the conversation always kind of naturally bent toward what the Lord was doing and what we were learning. And we yeah. found that it was super edifying. And it's one of those things where we just at some point thought we should probably just record this because maybe it'd be <laughs> helpful for somebody yeah. else to hear us, us chat. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for me, um, you know, I'm involved in, in our current church in a lot of different capacities, but I've always been um, sort of a lay leader in terms of actively engaging in, in like Sunday school or other kinds of teaching ministries in an informal sense. Mm-hmm. So occasionally I'll be involved in sort of a formal sense. I, I preach once in a while. I taught some systematic theology courses at my last church. Um, but, it, you know, Jesse's right. Like the conversation just always comes back to what's going on in your life. Where's the Lord moving? Um, how can I pray for you? And then, you know, we're kind of a bookish family, so it's not uncommon. We call it book club where everybody in the family is sitting we around reading and not that. talking to each other. Um, so it, it kind of gravitated naturally from what's the Lord doing to what are you reading to what are you learning? And I know for myself, you know, Jesse is blessed to have never remembered a time that he wasn't a Christian, but I didn't become a Christian until I was a teenager. And so I always felt kind of behind the curve. I always felt like there was things that I should know that I hadn't learned yet. So I'm always kind of reading to sort of feel like I'm trying to catch up to where I should be, uh-huh. um, you know, 15 years of my life that I. I should have been following the Lord and I wasn't and not, not like in a sort of like a guilt driven legalistic sense, but just there's so much to know about God and there's so much to learn about the Christian faith that I'm constantly trying to like digest the next thing that I'm learning. And for me, like the podcast has been a really good driving uh, force for that because every week we come and we don't, we don't plan a lot, but we have sort of an idea for a topic. So as I'm going through the week, I'm reading articles online. I'm, I'm trying to appropriate things and filter them into all right, how would I communicate this on the podcast? Is this something that I feel like our audience is going to want to hear about? And if it's not something our audience is going to want to hear about, then is it really something I need to spend my time on? Not because my audience determines what's valuable for me, but just my audience is people like me and Jesse. So we we understand that we're not, we probably don't have a lot of brand new Christians who listen to our show. We don't have a lot of you know older folks. We don't have a lot of like 90-year-olds listening to our show. Um, our demographic is, you know, people in their late twenties, early thirties, some, you know, some in their forties. So the stuff that's important that I think is important to my audience is the stuff that's probably important to me too. So that really just drives a lot of how we come at the show and what we decide to talk about is, well, what, what do I, what am I learning about? What do I need to understand? What do I need to study more? But we want the 90 year olds for sure. Oh yeah. If you're 90 years old, we're, we're all over. We're reaching out. If you're geriatric and listening to this, send us an email. Yeah. We need to get some like knitting tips or something. Knitting, like a knitting section on the show. Yeah. Yeah. The theology of knitting. So ultimately your initial goal was to teach people whatever you're learning at that moment. Okay. Yeah. I mean, in one sense, yes, we wanted to have a place to kind of like digest and break down what we're learning um, and communicate that. So, you know, you're always going to be when you're teaching something, you're forced to learn it better. But then on another level, we didn't really have like an expressed goal. The only real goal was start a podcast. We got some Super Mario going on in there. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, it was funny because one 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 of our listeners who happens to be our mother kind of cornered me in the kitchen one day and was like, what is the point of the podcast? Like, why are you doing this? What's the purpose? And I kind of stepped back and was like, you know, I don't I guess I don't really know. I haven't really thought about it that much. Um, And that led us to sort of think about it and redefine things and refine things a little bit more. Yeah. This is a legit family affair. 
because my mother listens to this. She comments, she provides feedback and insight. So we're brothers-in-law. My mother's intimately involved. Our wives are intimately involved in the podcast. So how many times have we started where we knew we had a subject matter and we were just going to come and chat about that? So it's, it's informal, but it's real and it's serious. And how many times have we started with something like that? We've been like, maybe we'll get 10 minutes out of this. Yeah. And then the Lord just unfolds a whole conversation as we get more passionate about it, or as we start to learn from each other. So yeah. it's basically like just having a conversation with somebody that you really care about, about something that you really care about and seeing how it goes. This so got really getting, introspective all of a sudden. After getting some of this feedback from, uh, from your family members, so, uh, and then you started to adjust things, what, what do you think are kind of like the biggest adjust, adjustments that you've made um, since the first podcast? Well, I mean, something as simple as saying our names when we start, right? So when we <laughs> first started, it was we wanted it to feel like you were just sort of like plopping down into a conversation we were already having. Right. And there was something really kind of organic about that that I really liked, but it also sort of felt a little alien. It Creepy. felt like, yeah, it was like, oh, it was almost <laughs> like we were making our, our listeners um, like eavesdroppers rather than right. participants in the yeah. conversation. So that was a, like a little thing that we changed. Um, we tried to focus more on having a, more of a mixture of technical topics and more practical topics. So we're was probably pretty much technical at the beginning. I wouldn't say it was just technical, but we we did try to we sort of did like here's a theological topic, here's another theological topic, which we still do, but we we try harder to have some sort of practical element added to the show at some point during the show that um someone who's not as theologically inclined can really sink their teeth into and run with. Um what do you think, Jesse? I, yeah, I'm down with that because I think in the beginning we were not as cognizant of where we wanted to go with stuff. So we just kind of laid out topics and said, we'll, we'll just chat about this and see kind of where it leads. And we become more, I guess, cognizant of the fact that we want people to be equally encouraged and edified, but challenged in a way. So right. there's a lot of things that we talk about that I want to grow in my understanding of. And so it's great when somebody says to me, the podcast is helpful, it's edifying, and I, I praise God for that. And they also couple that with saying, it's sometimes a little bit over my head, but I'm trying to move in that direction. I, I want to grow in the Lord. I want to grow in the topics and understanding of him. And then like for us, I know we're super passionate that what's the point of theology? What's the point of even like good theology if it doesn't actually translate or grow shoe leather and then become active in your life? So I know that we're always trying in our own lives to connect these things because we just don't want to be bookish, even though we like books and read for the sake of like reading something to say, like, I'm reading this so that I can teach it well, instead of saying, I want to read this so I can live it well and that be the teaching. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like, we've grown in our understanding of that and become maybe more mature in that. Like we're, we're trying to have our eyes keenly set on ourselves and people who might be edified by that type of topic, which is yeah. a little bit different. Yeah. And I don't think that it's been any, like it's, there's not been any one real significant. It's not like we added a new segment or, you know, intentionally modified something in a real dramatic way. But I think just having a focus that we didn't have before having, having an idea of like, well, what are we trying to accomplish? And having that sort of that goal in front of us, instead of just being like, well, we want to get together and talk about theology, it's kind of grown to be, we want to get together and talk about theology because of the mutually edifying aspect of that. And that, that kind of mutual edification that we gather just from talking to each other, our prayer is that that kind of spills over to the people that are listening. Right. And we want to fast foster kind of a, a broader brotherly discussion, um, which is unfortunately is kind of lacking in a lot of reform communities and mm-hmm. a lot of communities, even people who are basically in agreement on something 
it still tends to be like, well, which obscure Puritan with a title of 50 words on their book can I quote? And how can I how can I be even more obscure than you are in the way that I quote it instead of kind of like, oh, yeah, well, I read this on the Ligonier blog the other day. It's not anything fancy or technical, but it really, really blessed me. And I want to share that with you. That's mm-hmm. kind of the perspective that I think we're trying to bring to the table that I'm not always seeing in a lot of other venues. And those more technical, like really lofty academic discussions have their place. Like I love those conversations. But as I listen to all these different podcasts that are out there, there wasn't really something that sort of filled that niche that we were kind of shooting for. So what did you learn about teaching, teaching the church? So in terms of teaching, this is like a unique environment because both of us have taught in group settings for quite some time. But what's strange about this is, you know, I've had really wonderful brothers and sisters email or ask a question about, like, for instance, somebody asked me recently about something I said in the Halloween episode. I don't remember what I said yesterday. So yeah. we're starting to feel like, talk about Halloween again, because they were going back to the catalog. So I've learned that like teaching here, it's important to be on point and to be thoughtful about what you're saying and to even come with, with an approach. So there's a lot of podcasts where there's a sense like, we just kind of show up and we just kind of talk, but it's a little bit more than that. Right. Throughout the week, we're praying through it. We're thinking about the topics. And I've just been reminded how important it is, like what a privilege it is to have anybody listen to what you're saying and glean something from it. And especially when we're talking about the scriptures, of course, which we do often, and we're trying to bring forward these ideas. And sometimes we're bringing forward our own opinions as we believe God has informed them, informed them. And so I've just been reminded through this process that like this form of teaching is like totally unique. I mean, would you say that's true as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we, we try really hard to once in a while kind of throw out the disclaimer that like, we're just two guys talking about theology. So, you know, we're not your pastor. Not pastors. This is not authoritative not or anything like that. But on another, you know, on a certain level, there's a gravity that comes with any sort of teaching, uh, whether it's formal or informal, right? If I'm, if I'm going to have a Bible study with my friend at Starbucks, um, there's a gravity and a responsibility that comes with that. And the same is true with podcasting. So there are times where, it doesn't happen often, but there are times where we'll actually stop and say like, oh, we need to go back and redo that. Or we'll, we'll listen to it. And there's like a section that it's like, oh, I don't really feel comfortable with the way that happened. Um, or maybe I tell a story about somebody that I know. And then I stop and think like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. I don't have their permission or, you know, they might misconstrue that. So we go back and do it or change it. But I think too, it's, it's important to recognize that there's, there's the formal teaching ministry of the church that the pastors and the elders engage in. But then there's the informal teaching that all Christians engage in with each right. other. And so it's important. I think sometimes podcasters blur those lines and they act like this is sort of, especially like I have, a, there's a couple of podcasts that I listen to that are actually pastors of a church doing a podcast right. for their church. And they act as though they're, they're teaching it like formally during that podcast. And I don't think that's right, but it's important to recognize that this is an extension of kind of that informal brother to brother um, person to person teaching that all Christians should be engaged in. Um, just like I might sit down with my friend at Starbucks and we might do a Bible study and maybe one week he comes with his lesson that he's prepared. And maybe the next week I come and maybe one week we just talk through it. That's kind of how it works with us is we have a topic. A lot of times Jesse will pick a topic and he'll, he'll email me during the week and we'll both kind of think about it. And we find that we tend to come at it from the same perspective. Um, it's very rare that we come to a topic that we disagree on. And it's also very rare that we come to a topic where like our our understanding of where we want the topic to go isn't on the same page. 
So sometimes people kind of look at that and they're like, man, I wish you guys would disagree more, but that's just not, that's not who we are. And that, (laughs) that fellowship, that unity, I think is one of the things that I appreciate most about the podcast and doing the show is that we can, we can, despite our differences and there's some significant theological differences, but despite those differences, we can still come to the table and share our faith with each other and share what we've learned and share what we want to teach without having that strife and conflict because we're brothers. Like we have to be able to live in unity because we have to be able to live in unity. There's no no option (laughs) to disconnect from the podcast and say, well, I'm not going to talk to you all week or I'm not going to, I'm not going to send you a Christmas card. Like I sleep in the next bedroom at Christmas from Jesse. So there's no option for us to, to put that front up unless it's really there. All right, Conrad, cue the baptism questions. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? (laughs) Let's figure that one out. (laughs) If I just said no, that would be like a bomb drop on like the 50th episode. Podcast over. So, so what I'm hearing you say is the, one of the major differences about this teaching versus formal teaching is the authoritative nature of, of the church and being within that context. So, um, a, a podcast is almost friends talking to one another in fellowship. So before the internet, uh, what what would you say a non-internet electronic version of podcasting would be a hundred years ago? I mean, in my mind, the kind of what we're doing, maybe this is going to be a little lame, is is very much like act style. I mean, yeah. in the sense of like first century church action in brothers and sisters coming together and pouring over the scriptures, studying, testing. So, I mean, that was happening in environments like you were saying, Tony, with just like around a table or in like a house setting or among your family. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I often think of like, if our lives are centered on Christ, like he's the center. And then we have this kind of concentric circles moving outward. Somewhere around the center is the church, which should be always pulling us back to Christ. And then somewhere like on the periphery somewhere is like this kind of podcast, right. which I really hope as people hear like us, all three of us chatting, they get pumped up. Like they leave their chairs or their vehicles or their desks at work, wherever they're listening. And they just have like a greater glow of Christian love because they get pumped up hearing about the work of Christ. And so that pulls them back all the way through the concentric circles into the center again. So like this isn't a replacement for church. It's not a teaching ministry of a church, but it is just good, wholesome conversation centered on Jesus Christ and what he's done. So I think it's just happening everywhere in, in every period where Christians are getting together face to face. It's just a blessing that we can do it and then just kind of put it out there. But I yeah. hope that it doesn't, it's like, I think our vision would be, this is purposely incomplete. Right. So the idea is that you would hopefully like listen to this with a ton of people, maybe a thousand of your closest friends <laughs> and then, and everybody subscribe. And then you would go and have your own conversation about the things that we'd talk about and flesh it out for yourselves. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of like a historical analog, you might have something like, um, one bishop writes a letter to his friend in the next town over and sends the letter. And then when that person has read the letter, you know, they pass pass it on to another friend. Um, And so there's this kind of public discussion that's happening. Um, Or another thing might be like the public debates that would happen during the reformation. Uh You'd have public debates between like Luther and Zwingli that aren't like ecclesiastical teaching moments. They're not, they're not defining doctrine in a formal sense. They're not writing a confession. They're not writing a faith statement. But these public disputes and dialogues that are happening are being observed by other people who are not directly involved in them. 
And so I think in some sense, that's kind of what's going on with podcasting. And I've noticed that that podcasting has taken on like a real particular role in the world of reformed theology, more so than other traditions. Like you have the occasional Lutheran podcast. I have a couple in my pod feed, but um, for the most part, you don't really run into a lot of theological podcasts outside the reformed tradition. I've looked for them and I don't find them very often. Yeah. Reform podcasting or podcasting to reform theology is basically what televangelism was to like bad wild. theology <laughs> <laughs> wild yeah like yeah. Pentecostal because man I've seen reformed anything reformed video games reformed anime just reformed whatever cooking <laughs> you've seen reformed <laughs> anime yeah is that like John Calvin games. with like flaming it's reformed people hair? talking about anime Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. get it. I thought you were talking about like an actual anime oh, that's yeah. about reform theology. I was like, I would but watch that. But we need that. to do that. Can we do that? We can do that. All right. That, that's our next podcast. Yeah. yeah. We should definitely do that. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, there's, there's a sort of historical element of that, right? So there's the reform podcast, which is like, I don't know, probably like the biggest reform podcast there is besides like renewing your mind and like the formal official ministries of different mm-hmm. um, parachurch organizations. And the reform podcast does their thing and they gather this huge following. And I know less than Tanner and they, they didn't really intend that they they're kind of as surprised by it as everyone else is. And then out of that flows like a thousand other podcasts and most of those fizzled out, right? If you look on iTunes, there's probably 40 or 50 reformed something podcasts that have like five episodes and then are just done. Um, so there's there's some that have long you know lasted longer. I think like Popcorn Theology has had a pretty good run. I don't I don't I don't think I listen to them right now, but they've got a, a pretty good catalog. Um, Rugged Marriage is another one that has a lot of you know has a pretty good following. They've got a lot of episodes. They're producing content regularly. Um, you know, God willing, we'll we'll be along that line. We get to episode hundred or whatever. But Matt's doing really well on the Reform Outlook. So there's these these podcasts that have come along sort of in the wake of the Reform Pubcast and in many ways like follow the same format. So before that, you had like Christ the Center Reform Forum, which was like a panel discussion. You had um, White Horse Inn, which was kind of a panel discussion. And then you had Renewing Your Mind, which was basically like R.C. Sproul sermons and lectures put into like 30 minute sections and mm-hmm. distributed. But this idea that we were going to have usually two uneducated or basically educated lay persons just chatting, um, that wasn't really a format before the reform podcast. So this informal kind of mutual teaching function that podcasts seem to serve really came to fruition through those guys that, I mean, I think we all kind of owe them a debt. When I think about it, it's funny, Jesse, Jesse and I will joke when we're trying to come up with a new intro or whatever, that we don't want to just be a reform podcast clone. But a lot of times we come back to like, it just works so well. There's no way around it. Like you just, the, the way that it works, you almost have to copy it because it works so well. Um, But I think that it's really great because it's, you know, the young restless reformed movement is kind of on the downswing, which I don't think is a bad thing. But this idea that young reformed guys particularly are going to take theology and take their faith seriously and seriously enough to put themselves out on display week in and week out repeatedly, just putting themselves out there for public critique. And there's something really valuable about that. I think that it just is kind of new in, in you know, young reformed Christianity. By the way, can we just talk about something real quick? Yes. Just highlighting our differences. So I love that when Conrad asked like, what was this like? What was the equivalent podcast? I was like, 
like the historicity of that answer, I was like, people talking to each other. And you were like, <laughs> let's talk about Bishop Pen Pals for a second real quick. <laughs> okay, so yeah. we've talked about podcasters and podcasting. Um, let's switch over to the audience. Um, so what have you learned about the church um, because you are you have this different type of interaction with it, kind of a different ty- a set of people versus the the people in your local church. What 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 have you learned about the church in general through this? Man, one of the things I'm loving about this is it is extending the brotherhood. So we mean what we say with this that we want it to be beyond just like you and I, right? That, which is part of the reason why we want to help build out the Society of Reform Reform Podcasters because this is really a family. And so what I see is. You know, especially in America, like there's a lot of segmentation with denominationalism, even in reform circles, there's a lot of segmentation. So what I'm learning to love all over again is how broad and wide the church is and how, especially in reform circles, there's a lot of nuanced things that we often let divide us. We get really fired up and sometimes we're right to do that, but sometimes we're just wrong to do that. Yeah. And so this is a great reminder that the church is a big loving family that should really spend time honoring Jesus through bringing purity and unity in their interaction. It doesn't mean that we all agree because like acceptance and agreement are totally different things, but we are accepting one another and trying to come to terms with what it means to live out our faith in a way we're bringing in like the mind and the heart. Like we're not saying you need to divorce those two things to be a good Christian or even to be a nominal Christian, but what we're serious about being part of the family. And I guess this is like, is it, I don't know. In my mind, I'm thinking sometimes we're just setting like this giant table. This is so lame. And, And we're just saying to people like, Come sit at the table and chat. Like, yeah, it's it's you and I chatting a lot of times. However, it, the the invitation is real. And that is like, call us, email us. Like, we we want to see the family of God um, lifted high by the power of Jesus Christ through His Holy Spirit. So we're really serious about that. Yeah, and I think um, it's been really cool to see different kinds of people from different contexts come together. So, I mean, our our audience is mostly, like I said guys in their late twenties, early thirties, mostly Caucasian men. Um, but that doesn't mean there's not diversity. I mean, there's still, there's still diversity in the history of people. Like everybody has their own personal history. Some people grew up in the church and they don't ever remember not following Jesus. And that's amazing. And some people came to faith when they were 15 years old because they followed a girl to church, you know, church camp. And that's amazing too. And so it's, it's interesting to see, (laughs) it's interesting to see the different kind of people interacting with your material, right? So we get emails once in a while, we get voicemails of people that have listened to this. I mean, they listen to what we said and they pull stuff out of what we said that we didn't even know was there. Yeah, That's the Lord. That's crazy. Right. Exactly. Is people will call and say, oh yeah, well, did you think about this passage? You know, this passage that you used works really great, but have you thought about how this passage comes in there? And not only now are we teaching our audience in a sense, but our audience is teaching us. And that kind of develops this sort of feedback loop, uh, which I think is exactly what we were going for. Yeah, right. right? We, wanted to, we wanted to produce something that was going to further conversation. It was going to cause people to, to go back to the scripture. So you'll notice, I, I mean, we try to read the scripture a lot, but I'm also intentional sometimes to leave the scripture out of it. And I do that because then people listen to what I'm saying and they either want to prove me wrong if they don't agree with me. And so they go to the scripture or they go, yeah, that sounds right. Let me go to the scripture and see if it's true. And it drives people back to the scripture. And that's, I think, the really the main goal that we want is for people to go to the scriptures, to study the word and to learn to love Jesus more. So looking back, so we're looking back at the, the first 50 
what what would you hope would be happening by episode 100 episode 100 um i would like to have like 20 or 30 more episodes about the eternal functional turtle nation or whatever it is <laughs> right at least yeah. 30 episodes people love the eternal functional is eternal function turtle eternal tur what is it turtle function turtle function support nation yeah turtle function support nation yes yeah um seriously though i i would like to see a broader interaction so we do get interaction from our listeners um, but it's not as frequent as I, as we'd like. Uh-huh. So we, we want to develop and build a community online and there are tons of great Facebook groups. I don't think that a Facebook group is the only way to do that and not probably not the way that we're going to do it. But this, this idea of a brotherhood among Christians, um, I would love to see that continue to grow more and more. And I don't know, I mean, we could theorize about like what topics we might talk about. We don't usually know what topic we're talking about in the next week until like Thursday. So I don't, I can't predict the next 50 Thursdays were the topics, but um, fostering that brotherhood, that fellowship and really making it more about a conversation. That's not just between me and Jesse, but continuing to grow that conversation as a conversation that our whole community is having together, I think would be really awesome. I'd love to have some of our listeners on as guests. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I want to push out that family and get more of that interaction like you're talking about. So the next 50 will be even more broad in terms of its reach and its input. And I've heard from a lot of people who listen to the show and often are from like different traditions and sometimes don't agree at all with, yeah. with or they would say at least that like they don't the the topics that we're talking about on the face they they know that they would not agree with perhaps how we would talk about them. But then they're really so loving in the way they interact with us. And yeah. I really like that. So I think that there's this idea of why can't we all talk? Like, and, and we can all talk in like a really wonderfully humble way with each other and learn from each other and grow in our faith. And more than anything, I just want people to be stoked and pumped up for Jesus and for yeah. that to carry through like on the Monday morning or whenever they, I guess our stuff airs Wednesday, but on the Thursday morning, whatever, that uh, it changes how you, how you view life, but not because like Tony and I have said something particularly inspiring, but mainly because we just keep drawing from the well that is the full counsel of God right. or the confessions. And we just like, we're meticulous in trying to point back to that stuff, mainly because I think you and I want good rhythm in our lives. Right. And we just want to extend that and push it out so other people can be come, like, come hang out at the table or like kick back at the pub or the pool or whatever <laughs> metaphor we're using nowadays for what this podcast is. So yeah. let's do 50 more of that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice would you have for somebody who is thinking about starting their own theologically based podcast? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say just do it on one level. Like it, it doesn't take a lot. It's, it's, um, you know, you could spend a ton of money on podcasting or you could buy a $5 microphone and use the computer you already have um, and watch a tutorial on uh, YouTube about how to clear up your audio a little bit and you'll probably be just fine. So I, I would say there, there's a lot of barriers that people think they need to cross before they can start podcasting. And most of those are just not even an issue. Um, I would also say like, don't be afraid to get your voice out there because on one level, this has also been really good practice for me to share my faith. So talking about my faith with Jesse every week. Now, when the conversation comes up at work on Monday, I'm already in that mindset of just putting myself out there to be assessed and critiqued by people. 
So I'm not as worried about what the person I share an office with thinks because I'm already throwing my opinions and thoughts out there for the whole world to think about what I think. So I think it's good practice. It's good. Um, it's good rhythm, right? You're forced to do something every single week unless there's extenuating circumstances. It's good for discipline. Um, so I would say just just do it. Don't be afraid of what people are going to think. Don't be afraid of like perfect sound quality. Um, that said, like work towards good sound quality because bad sounding podcasts are like the worst thing on the planet. <laughs> but it's not all of that. It's not hard to have a good sounding mm-hmm. podcast. Yep. Um, you know, you're a, you're an audio engineer, so obviously what constitutes a good sound for you is different from me. But it's not that difficult, and it's not even all that expensive to pick up some decent equipment and record a good sounding podcast. Yeah, I was thinking back to the previous question about what has changed. And for me, maybe the biggest thing is I got a microphone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the first couple of episodes was just like my little laptop, like embedded mic yeah. is what we recorded on. So that just goes to show you like it was humble from the beginning. The idea was just a genesis of thought that was, especially for you, Tony, that felt that, that, that God was actually leading you to want to have this conversation in a recorded way. And so I would say for anybody else that's thinking about what they want to do to love on others and to serve the Lord. If you sense that a conversation is part of that, turn it into a podcast yeah, and let other people be a part of that journey and just be authentic in that journey. I mean, for me and you, if you were to go back and listen to all 50, which everybody should do, because that's the dream come true, that you'll hear that we've grown quite a bit in what we yeah. talk about and how we talk about it. And you'll hear it. I mean, there's no, if you go back and listen to episode one, where we spoke about the church, yeah, which was stellar in its own right, but- <laughs> It's, it's different. So you can hear that growth. And there's something wonderful about being accountable to the fact that you are always moving from glory to glory, that we're unfinished and yet God is promising to finish the work. And to even for myself, it's kind of like an audio diary in a sense or an audio, audio record where I can go yeah. back and hear the things that I've said. And sometimes I think, man, I've grown from that opinion. Or sometimes I think, man, the Lord has really solidified that opinion in myself. Yeah. So I guess my advice would be to echo yours. And that is just try it especially if you're feeling led in that direction, go forward with that idea and that topic, explore what it would be like to do it. And as all three of us have talked about, you'll never listen to a podcast that has like super amazing audio quality, but horrible content and recommend that to somebody else. Cause it right. doesn't matter almost how good it sounds, but it, even if the audio quality is, is almost horrific. If you listen to it and you're changed by it, or you listen to it and you hear the gospel being preached, or you hear good conversations surrounded by, the love of Jesus Christ, then it almost doesn't matter what the auto quality is yeah. like. So don't worry about that at first. Yeah. Um, and, and going off of what you said about the growth thing, something that I've learned too is the more that I prepare for a podcast and is the more I actually learn about whatever topic that I'm going over. So like one of the biggest things for me for uh, that I would recommend to people is just being prepared for a podcast and, you know, and you're coming up with, uh, with your outline and come up with your application and come up with your summary and everything. But then well, like as you're trying to communicate something, you'll be going, well, oh, well, what is the point to all this? You know, what is the application? And then so for you to actually be able to communicate this stuff, you actually have to start jotting this stuff down. And then you have to also have to start getting biblical support for these things. And then all of a sudden you're teaching yourself in the process of trying to teach others. And I'm sure this happens to pastors all the time too. It's like, well, what, what, what is this topic? And then you, you go into it. And then so something that I've learned is I am learning so much more because I'm trying to teach others. And so I've grown a lot just simply for that fact. Yeah. So what's a good podcast where all that stuff happens that you would recommend? Oh, I don't know any. 
<laughs> so, well, you want to talk about mine? You're on, you're on it too. <laughs> Fast God stuff. But yeah, that, that's, uh, that's, that's something that I think that's, I'm sure all three of us would, would agree with is there, there's just so much growth that happens. So like, again, what you said, you ha- if you're authentic about it, you don't have to be RC Sproul. Right. You know, if we're talking about getting getting out there and asking the questions, you can be really honest and say, you know what, I really don't understand what superlapsarianism is or whatever, like, or or even just like um, just some current topic. I don't know what the answers are, so let's talk about it and let's try to figure it out. And if you are honest and authentic like that, then you, you're not setting yourself up to be RC Sproul because none of us, you know, are, and we're all going to be wrong about something. But if you you come at if you're we come in at it like what we're doing right here is what is the conversation? Okay, let's talk about it. Let's try to figure this out together. Then I think you'll there's there's going to be a lot less pressure on yourself so that you can get started earlier without going, oh, you know what? I need to go to seminary. I need to learn all this stuff. I need to learn apologetics from top to bottom. And it's almost the same thing when, when people are afraid of talking to their coworkers or, or anything. They're like, oh, I don't know everything. And well, you know what? Just have that conversation. Be honest. Don't don't come across as you think you that you know everything, and then just get the conversation started and get that relationship going. And what yeah. can be worse sometimes than than hearing a, a subject like say like superlapsarianism and and being embarrassed to not know what it means would be just not asking the question and not kind of moving forward with somebody and saying like I'd really like to understand this more, heard this term, yeah. look it up, and starting to process that together. So. This is all part of that for me. It's it's actual like a personal processing, but we're trying to invite others in because I think the church does its best work when it is serving the Lord by making sure that right living happens through right thinking. So yeah. this is all part of that process for me. Yeah, and to to kind of add to that, um, two thoughts. RC Sproul's wrong about stuff. So the idea that like you can't start a podcast or you can't teach someone until you're wrong until you can't be wrong. Like nobody would be teaching because everybody's wrong about mm-hmm. something and don't try to be RC Sproul. Right. Right. That's one thing that I, I think a lot of people who are starting to get into podcasting, make the mistake is, and, and it happens to pastors. I mean, anytime you look up to somebody, you want to emulate them on some level, but I, I'm never going to be Mike Horton, right? I'm never going to be RC Sproul and I shouldn't be. The church has an RC Sproul and the church has a Mike Horton. And they only have one Tony Arsenal. They only have one Jesse Schwamm. I mean, I suppose there might be two people with that name. But but the point is, like, if you're going to get into podcasting, be yourself, right? People listen to our show. We have content that I think is pretty good. But by and large, you can get the same basic content in a million other places. So people listen to our show because they listen to us. And I the podcasts I listen to, I listen to those because of the person and because of the unique flavor of teaching that they have. So when, if you're getting into podcasting or if you're going to be a pastor or if you're going to be a Sunday school teacher, don't try to be someone that you're not because that's not, God's not calling you to be somebody else. He's calling you to be the person he's created you to be. Yeah. And so just do what you're good at. Right. And just right. try to get, if you're trying to get a host, you, you're trying to build some type of chemistry where you two can work together. Like with Jesse, with, with uh, Fast God stuff, the only reason why we have music in it in it is because we both can play guitar and we both can sing kind of poorly. <laughs> <laughs> and then we like making fun of stuff and, and we have short attention spans. That's all it takes, yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you just do what you're good at. Like like when you were talking about RC Sproul, like in my mind, like I was always like, 
I want to do what RC Sproul does, but way faster <laughs> and get to the point immediately yeah. rather than take 27 minutes to get to the point. And, you know, so you can you can have those starting off points of like, oh, I kind of want to start off with this guy, but oh my gosh, I just can't. These are the things I want to change. And these, these how I can use my strengths, my what I'm gifted at. And then, um, like, for example, I'm not good at conversation, but I'm good with prep. So I can write good stuff, but I just can't. It, it for if I was on this podcast, I would be terrible. But for <laughs> for fast God stuff, it's so much better because we have everything mapped out. Like right. it's so it's so structured compared to this, which is a more conversation. And that's the thing where you guys are like, oh, well, we're good at this conversation thing. We're already doing it, so let's do that. And then yeah. I've always been like, I'm better at scripting things. I used I did videos. I've done like things like that. Well, I'm better at scripting things. So let me work with that and then create the the format around that. Yeah. So Jesse, do you have any closing thoughts for us for the evening before we wrap up? I want to thank Conrad for coming and hanging out. Welcome. And uh, asking us all kinds of good questions. And yeah. I want to remind everybody to go and listen to the stuff that's on the Society of Reformed Podcasters by going to reformedpodcasters.com. Yes, I've heard a rumor that Matt Butts may have secured a new co-host. That is exciting. So I think they recorded their first episode the other night and it should be launching. I may be wrong. So don't hold me to that if the next episode comes out and it's just Matt's sweet, sweet Southern drawl to greet you. But I think we may have maybe something with a little more of a Canadian flair. Oh man, you got some Canadian and Southern charm all mixed up. It's like Canadian bacon and Southern biscuits and gravy. That was good because I couldn't think of a Canadian thing besides like milk in a bag. Yeah. Milk in a bag? Yeah, that's a Canadian. Celine Dion. Celine Dion. Howie Mandel. You know, that's something that I thought was interesting. I watch America's Got Talent. It's one of my favorite like summer shows, (laughs) but all four of the judges are not from America. Uh, We have a Canadian, two British people and someone from Germany. I just don't, I don't get it. I didn't know that show was still on. So, oh, it's great. Well, they have to come to America for all the talent. (laughs) <laughs> no, they have like Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> well, why are they? Why are they just coming over here then? Wow! Next week on uh, <laughs> Reform Brotherhood, we've got ethnocentrism <laughs> and uh, national pride. Uh, so, speaking of Reform Brotherhood, how can people get a hold of us, Tiny? Because we've said come and join the conversation. So, yes. how can they do that? So, you can tweet at us at Reform Brotherhood on the Twitter on the Twitter. Uh, and you can uh, check out our Facebook page on Facebook just by searching Reform Brotherhood. You can call us at 607-444-2767. Rose. Uh, and you can also email us at reformbrotherhood at gmail.com. So here's to 50 more, Tony. Yes. What will we call the 100th episode? If this is Pentecast. Pentecast squared. Well, that wouldn't be right. Because no, because that'd be like two. That'd be like 2,500. Yes, exactly. That was good. Wow. Well, that's what I'm shooting for. Wow, 2,500. That would be pretty impressive. What would we call it? The Centicast? Something like that. Sounds like Centipede. I don't like that. That's yeah, weird. Now that we've totally Which is exactly derailed. where this whole thing is going yes. now. <laughs> okay, All so right. to wrap up this whole thing, let's close with some closing thoughts. How would you guys wrap up this whole thing that we talked about? How would you wrap up the theology of podcasting? Um, I would say that um, you know, there's always been an informal teaching function in the church. I won't say of the church, but in the church and among the people who constitute the church. And I think podcasting is just kind of the modern iteration of that. You could even think of like blogging and all of the stuff that happens online 
as sort of the modern way that the church does some things that they've always been doing. And podcasting to me seems to be sort of the public public conversation part of that teaching, informal teaching of the church. You basically stole my answer. So I'm going to add to that, this idea that uh, in the New Testament, it's made clear that God has in a way democratized and decentralized that type of responsibility in the concept of like priesthood of believers. It doesn't mean like you're qualified. You can't go just walk in tomorrow and be like, I, I listen to this podcast and now I can be your pastor. It's not what it means, but the sense that everybody bears the mantle to be having this type of conversation in right. faith and you have to go forward in that way. So there's responsibility and that's working out your salvation as God works alongside you and in you. So I would just encourage people to get out there and to listen to good stuff. So like, I don't waste podcasts in the sense that if it's not moving me in that direction, like I just don't listen to it. So like go through your catalog, find stuff that really pumps you up for Christ. That really moves you in a direction where you want to know him, love him and love on his body, the church more. And then take that and don't just hold it within yourself, but push out in your relationships to bring that type of podcast focus into your own life. And that may result in a podcast, but I really hope first, like I did for you and I, Tony, and you and me, Conrad, and now all of us together, group hug, that it starts first around the table. It starts literally face-to-face in interactions. Right. And I think you, you nailed it there. Everyone's version of a podcast could just be sitting down with some friends or their family and talking about things and then asking the questions, these theological questions, some practical theological questions. How can I love God and others more? How can I learn about God more? How can I better my prayer? How can I improve my life? So I think, yeah, the, the modern podcasting is just another avenue to have these conversations and have this fellowship. And teaching happens when, not just when you are teaching, but when you're having this conversation and you are asking these questions, and then you're forced to try to come up with these answers that you've never really had to, to uh, communicate to somebody before. And this yeah. has been so good, brothers. It has been. This is the definitive Pentecast episode it has of the reform brotherhood so until next time honor everyone love the brotherhood Uh